Yeah, I think in any student coming from like any, you can be engineering background, art history background, it really doesn't matter what your undergrad degree was or what you did as a career before medical school. I think everyone can benefit from this idea of taking a prompt, figuring out what a good need is in that field and carrying it all the way to this like very pretty packaged report and in your pitch presentation. Learning how to synthesize material in that way is extremely valuable and it, it translates across whatever it is that you end up doing. Even if you decide you're not gonna be an interventional radiologist, you're gonna do something completely different. This idea of taking something from a very clearly defined problem statement that you and a team have created together all the way to this final product is very valuable. Welcome to The Sound of IR, a podcast created entirely by trainees to inspire the next generation of interventional radiologists. You can find our episodes on Apple, Spotify, and all other podcast platforms. I'm your host, Steve Lazar. Today's episode is about the biodesign competition held by the RFS of SIR. We're thrilled to have this year's winning team on the show to hear more about their project and their experience in the competition. But before we do, we're going to be talking with Preen Sharma, a member of the SIR RFS Biodesign and Innovation Committee. Welcome to the show, Preena. Could you introduce yourself and just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Hey, everyone. My name is Preena, and I'm a third-year medical student at the Medical College of Georgia. A little bit about me is that before medical school, I was involved in a couple of hackathons, both as a participant and as an organizer. So when I was a first year medical student and one of my mentors offered to invite me to their biodesign competition team, I jumped on the opportunity. Under the mentorship of Dr. Jay Shaw, a pediatric intervention radiologist at Emory, we ended up taking our project to the finals and we presented our idea at the SIR conference um, in 2022. This has been one of the most exciting experiences that I had in medical school, and ever since I've been involved in the competition, both as a participant and now through the committee. I'm super excited for today's podcast, and I'm excited to kind of dive into what this competition is all about today. Thanks so much for being here, Prina. In just a few minutes, we'll be interviewing the winners together. But first, could you introduce our listeners to the biodesign competition? Sure. The competition is for students, run by students, and backed by SIR. Participants put their heads together to think up of solutions in IR related to an annual theme. Last year's theme was ergonomics in IR. All these teams are typically led by a student leader and a preceptor who is an intervention radiologist often interested in biodesign. All teams will submit a four-page proposal and present a five-minute pitch deck for a chance to present at the SIR conference in the final face-off of the competition. It's a great way for students to collaborate with peers and mentors interested in biodesign and just an opportunity for med students and non-med students to think outside of the box. That sounds like a really amazing experience. For students who want to get involved in something like this, what's the time commitment like for the biodesign competition? Definitely. So the timeline for the competition can be broken down to two phases. The first phase is the discovery phase. It's about a month where teams will brainstorm tons of ideas and they will consult experts in the field to see which ideas have the most potential. At the end, when the teams decide which ideas they want to run with, they spend about a month to a month and a half fleshing out a four-page proposal, which is probably the most time-intensive part of the competition. Once you submit that proposal, you spend a couple weeks 
creating a five-minute pitch deck, which everybody gets to present towards the end of January or early February. And then from there, finalists will get to work on their 15-minute pitch that they present at the conference. This sounds like a truly incredible opportunity for learning and for growth in the field of biodesign. Are there any prizes for the winners or the finalists? Yes, there are. So for the past two years, prizes have included free subscriptions to resources like Boards and Beyond and UWorld and other useful USMLE, QBanks, and materials. But another prize of the competition is that finalists get to present at the SIR conference on the SIR stage for a panel of IRs and an audience of mentors and peers. It's an amazing platform to promote your idea to the IR community and a really cool experience to present at the conference. For our listeners who feel like this is something they want to get involved in, where should they start? There are two options to enter the competition. You can join the competition with a team that you've assembled on your own and with a mentor you may already have in interventional radiology and register through our registration application. The other option is if you don't have a mentor or you don't even have a team, you can register your team and the committee will give you a mentor or we will assign you to an already existing team. I've been on both sides of this, and I can say that it's definitely good to be in a team where you're familiar with all of your teammates and you already have a relationship with your mentor from the get-go. But it's also really cool to be in a team where you're with students from other schools. And my first year competing, we had students from MCG, Emory, and we had an engineering student from University of Chicago, Illinois. And I think being from different programs in different locations really elevated our project to the finals and allowed for a lot more opportunities for collaboration. Thanks so much for being on the show today and for sharing your experience with the biodesign competition with all of our listeners. Happy to be here, and I'm really excited to meet this year's competition winners. Welcome to the Biodesign Competition winners. Thanks so much for being here with us and having this discussion with us today. Yeah, Yeah, thank you for for having having us. us. So excited to have you guys here and excited to get started. So first of all, how did you guys hear about this Biodesign Competition? So... I think I was the first one to hear about it. Uh, My name is Glory, by the way. I'm an MD-PhD student at Texas A&M. And I heard about this through the SIR Medical Students Reserves newsletter. I had asked some of my other classmates if they would be interested, and they referred me to the students in Texas A&M's NMED program, uh, which is an MD master's program. I'm getting my MD-PhD in biomedical engineering. They are MD-Masters biomedical engineering students. I thought this this is going to be a great match. And then I linked up with Kaylin, and I think Kaylin can take away the story from here. I'm Kaylin O'Connell. I'm a fourth-year medical student at the Texas A&M School of Engineering Medicine. Yeah, so we had a friend who was on the planning committee and who said, hey, I think you guys should really try with this competition. I think you have a lot of good tools in your toolbox. And we have an MD-PhD student who's super excited about the project. Can you help us get a team together? So I reached out to Rohan because I knew he would be applying IR this year, as well as my friend Brendan, who I actually was on a senior college capstone engineering design team with uh, for our nuclear engineering program back in the day, who had 
already completed his entire interview cycle for a radiology match um, and is now diagnostic radiology this year. Uh, and I said, hey, I've got an MD-PhD student who's very excited about this SIR biodesign competition. Can we form a team and, you know, see kind of what comes out of it? And they said yes. And so I made the group chat and we pretty much started off right to the races that way. That's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's great that you had all those connections and sort of all those people at your institution that you were able to put together a well-rounded team. Mm -hmm. And I love the interdisciplinary perspective you guys had going to the competition as well. Had any of you all had um, experience doing a competition like this in the past? I had had some when I was an undergrad at UT Austin. Um, our biomedical engineering department has one of these every year, and I have won some prizes at those, so I I was excited to be able to explore it now that I have a little bit more medical knowledge. Yeah, I had participated in some hackathons before, you know, where you're locked in for 24, 48 hours, you're given a problem and you're told, okay, go solve it and then present to us at the end of the 48 hours. And after a bunch of snacks and energy drinks, you present your final product. Um, and this was very different because it was more longitudinal. You had more time to think, which I really liked about it. Uh, so you didn't have to do all of your literature review in one day. You had time to go and talk to experts in the field and come back and put a lot more brain power into it. I thought that was pretty exciting, of course, like in an asynchronous world, that is how these competitions are starting to take place now. Um, so this is my first experience with this more longitudinal pitch competition process, and it was really fun. My name is Rohan, by the way, uh, fourth year medical student. In undergrad, I did computer science, and so I did a lot of hackathons in undergrad. A lot of that is basically the same process we used here, you know, think of some sort of solution to a problem that they give you. And so I'd had experience like iterating on solutions, finding how can it be better. So the consensus is that the longitudinal format is a little bit more fun and um, in-depth than the staying up all night hackathon experience. Definitely. So you kind of touched on this already, but going into this competition, how did your team tackle the proposal? And do you have any advice for people who are interested in this competition and might be daunted by this kind of several month process of a competition that they have ahead of them? I don't think there's any reason to be nervous. Like, just go for it. You know, you have nothing to lose, everything to gain. Worst case, you see some pretty cool ideas get presented. And then in terms of like actual advice. I think the biggest thing that our team did was we started by identifying needs. And then after that, we found solutions to those needs. One of my biggest pieces of advice to future competitors is definitely make sure you stick to the prompt. Like I said, I did this at undergrad and I had gotten dinged for veering off the prompt a little bit. So during our initial ideation process, we we did explore some ideas that were not as directly ergonomics focused, or at least in a, not in a way that most people would recognize as ergonomics. Uh, but when we tried to narrow our ideas down after our needs survey, uh, we definitely kept the prompt in mind. So that's sort of how you approach the problem initially was a need survey to connections that you had with um, IRs. So not even just different connections. We used literature review, too, as a way to help, uh, especially okay. with the topic like ergonomics. There were plenty of papers out there discussing this. So we were able to kind of 
jump into a literature review, which most medical students know how to do pretty well, right? It's kind of our bread and butter. Um, And so we were able to do that and then approach a mentor that we had in mind saying, hey, we're joining this competition. Here's a list of needs we have in this kind of broad umbrella of ergonomics. What of these affect you day to day? What of these things bother you? And are there any things we miss that bother you under this broad umbrella of ergonomics? And from there, we had shown our mentor that we were able to put together a plan. We were able to do some literature review on our own um, and took some initiative on our own as well. And also kind of came with a game plan, but said, you have expertise that we don't have. What did we miss? Uh, And I think when you have specific questions for mentors like that, you can open up an even broader conversation. Uh, Just to kind of tack in here also, I think one of the other things that helped us pretty nicely was we thought about like what our solution was actually accomplishing in big picture terms how are you solving your need are you improving some sort of metric like cost or complication rate or whatever are you making something cheaper are you increasing accessibility of your solution or is it better than what's currently out there the end result of this competition is a pitch deck and so in this pitch deck it's pretty nice to make like crystal clear here's what my need is, here's what my idea is, here's why it's good. And so everyone in the audience could be on the same page, like, oh, this idea is actually pretty good. So your submission to the competition was Vapor, or the Video Assisted Posture and Orientation Reader. Can you guys tell us a little bit about this and sort of how you developed the idea and the end product? Once we drilled down into a need, which was preventing ergonomic injury in trainees and trying to identify early some of these bad postural habits that we get into, we knew we needed a solution to that problem. We go into that with like a blue sky brainstorm session. So we're spending four, five hours probably on a call. Everyone's bringing in ideas. No one gets shot down at that point. When you're in like a brainstorm session, every idea gets written down and potentially will get fleshed out. And then you kind of come back maybe after a couple days to cool down after one of these sessions. And then you start going through with a red pen saying, I like this. I don't like this. Uh, It maybe come down to four or five solutions that you think might be feasible. From there, we take it through a solution selection matrix, which is different for every team. So it's a list of criteria that you come up with as a team that says, is this going to be cost effective? You know, for us, we didn't have to build, we didn't have to build it out. It's a pitch competition. So cost for us wasn't as much of a problem. Of course, we wanted to think about cost towards the future. You know, we are pitching this and marketing feasibility is a part of that. Uh, but as far as our own research design cost, we didn't really have to worry about that so much. How easy this product might fit into the workflow of a radiologist. That was something that was very important to us. IRs are very busy. We wanted to make sure whatever we were pitching would make sense with the day-to-day workflow. So you kind of come up with criteria for your solution based on your need statement to make sure those solutions are being evaluated in a pretty objective way and then compare them head to head. And so each of those criteria might have different weights assigned to them or something like that, but at the end you get a number and that number can help you rank in order your solutions. And that's the process that we took for picking our final solution. And then Rohan, I'll let you kind of talk through the actual tech of what we were pitching as well. Yeah, well, so before that actually quickly, it's also like important to have a good need that you're solving. And so we did the same exact thing for finding what need did we want to solve. We had a list of four or five needs where we were like, okay, if we had solutions to these needs, that would be pretty cool. And then we eventually we settled on posture and long-term injury prevention. And then we went from there. 
Um, in terms of the idea itself, after a ton of iteration and like thinking about what we wanted the final solution to look like, we settled on Vapor. It's essentially a video camera to track scrub position of an interventional radiologist. And so the way it works is the scrubs have these like printed markers on them that the camera can very easily track. Because the camera can track positions on the scrubs, you can figure out what the overall posture of whoever is operating is. And then once you figure out their posture, you can start to make calculations on different angles of certain body parts and put together an overall schema of this is what your posture looks like. Here's how you can probably change it. And here are some exercises that you can do to correct your posture. One of the things that we thought about was how easily implementable is it? into an IR suite. And so really all you need is the camera and then the disposable scrubs. So that was something that made it really easy to implement. And then the other thing we thought about was how likely is the interventional radiologist to use it? And so the end result of this whole project was essentially an app on the phone. So the IR has an app on their phone. They're looking at their posture metrics and it's pretty non-invasive. It's kind of like your sleep app or your workout app that you get through your Apple Watch. They're just looking at their posture metric and it's just like, hey, you were maintaining good posture X percent of the time. Wow, that sounds really incredible and also very useful and practical. Can see why you guys won. Yeah, <laughs> I think your idea is so creative. And like Steve said, you had a really practical approach. So can you kind of elaborate more on your mentor's role throughout the design process and how they supported you throughout the competition more? Yeah. Yeah, so our mentor was uh, Dr. Mark Soltenfuss. He's faculty at our medical school, and he's very committed to medical student education. And so when we approached him with this idea, he was super excited. His only question to us was, okay, well, if you're chosen as a finalist, are you going to make sure you go to Phoenix? And we said, yes, we'll be there. And so he said, all right, I'll mentor you. So his biggest role was kind of as consultant. And so we would bring these ideas we had to him, and he would say, I like that maybe work on that a little bit. This is an interesting one. I haven't seen that before and kind of talk through the ideas with us from the needs finding initial part as well. And then he was kind enough to send out a quick just QI survey to a few of his colleagues uh, so we could get more feedback from other interventional radiologists, residents, and technicians. So people who are working every day in the IR suite who have seen multiple trainees come through and who are trainees themselves. Uh, so he was able to distribute that to some of his colleagues. So we got a few more numbers um, when we were trying to select our need and that went into our need selection matrix, of course, is what were people's perception of this need. Uh, and he helped us in the same way when we come up with solutions, he helped us to select what the best solutions in his mind were, um, as well as what he thought would work best into his workflow or what he thought maybe his colleagues wouldn't be so likely to adopt. While he you know, wasn't necessarily there like reviewing the literature with us, he met with us very regularly uh, to go over what we had to help us refine our pitch and to make sure the ideas that we were discussing were very clinically relevant. He definitely shot down some ideas and that was that in itself was very helpful because as students we were like, oh, we think this idea is great. And then he takes one look at it and he's like, actually, it might not be as great as you think. One of the reasons he shot down an idea was like, this would be pretty hard to implement into any workflow. And so that's how we got the priority of, okay, we should make this easy to implement. Are you guys willing to share any of those ideas? Looking back, you're just like, what were we thinking? <laughs> there was one idea that we had that 
I think we could have competed with, in all fairness, but we <laughs> we actually didn't quite think it would be appealing. We thought it would be a little too obvious. That's one of the reasons why we preferred other ideas, and quite frankly, our vapor idea would be less cumbersome, but we considered actual wearable sensors, like sensors that you could wear um, on... Um, the thyroid shield or on the lead shield that the radiologist is wearing, you know, you can imagine having something on your neck um, is not very comfortable and also it's not quite so original. You know, a, an interventionalist can go out and get one of those posture necklaces or posture braces if he or she mm-hmm. wanted to. Another idea that we had, and this was mainly spearheaded by Rohan, so I'll let him talk more about it, but it was how to adjust the position of the video screen so that the interventionalist doesn't have to constantly be straining his or her neck to look at it all the time. Oh yeah, oftentimes in the IR suite I saw that the screen would be positioned across the table from the IR and so if you had to move the screen for whatever reason, they have to ask someone else to do it. I was like, okay, what if we just make it so that the IR can move the screen. I thought the need was fine. And then our mentor was like, actually, it's like, it's not that cumbersome to ask someone else to move it. Um, it, it overall is not actually that much of an interruption in workflow. One of our like, one of our crazier ideas, uh, just like offhand thrown out in a brainstorming session was like, what if an IR wears a RFID and then whenever <laughs> they walk into a room, the whole room like snaps to a preset. And so, like, different IRs were wearing different RFIDs, and, like, the whole room is adjusted exactly how they want it. And then we were like, this sounds crazy, and (laughs) it would be cool one day, but maybe not today. I think that was my idea. We were really blue-skying at that point. Um, and we, yeah, at that point, we also had a question about, like, patient safety. Like, if you have a patient on the table who's, you know, <laughs> potentially sedated or intubated and the screen comes oh, down, fuck. you know, it, it becomes, there's a lot of moving parts, right? Um, I used to have a, a volleyball coach who would be like, you've got a rocket ship and a mousetrap, and the rocket ship is liable to break apart because there's so, so many tiny moving parts versus a mousetrap something simple it's much less likely to, to fail essentially mm-hmm. and I, I feel like in a pitch competition you kind of want to lean towards a mousetrap because it's going to be easier to explain anyway so trying to explain how this entire room would snap to your positions and we can go through the rfid technology or the beam breaks that we might use to make sure that the screen doesn't hit the patient in the head or something like that but at the end of the day we have 10 minutes to pitch and you have to think about that when you're going into a competition like this we did entertain the idea. I think that was the important thing was like, we the idea came out of a brainstorming session. We thought about it genuinely and then we shot it down for a pretty good reason. So even though the idea sounded crazy, we still kind of worked it up. We also had an idea that strangely enough was almost identical to what our fellow finalists came up with. Um, the idea of creating leaded glasses that had virtual reality capabilities so that you could superimpose the CT or the MRI image onto the patient's body as you operate, kind of to solve a similar problem like we were talking about earlier with the screens. One thing that we talked about, and I personally still find this interesting even though we didn't pursue it, I had read a study that shows we actually significantly overestimate how much protection they provide. And 
people often don't think about ergonomics in relation to eyesight. They normally think about things like posture, right? But eyesight really is important. Eventualists undergo a significant amount of eye strain. The exposure to radiation causes cataracts and both of those things make work incredibly difficult and can often force early retirement. My advice from here then to the future competitors is to think creatively. I mean, of course, we went with a more straightforward type of ergonomics problem, but think creatively about what each of the words, the key words in your prompt means so that you're still adhering to the prompt, but you can produce something that you are incredibly passionate about. That's incredibly insightful. And I think that's going to be really great advice for people who are interested in competing next year. Um, do you guys see a future for your idea? Yeah. So in our school, EnMed, we have this thing where we like throw projects at this big board and whoever wants to take the project can take it. And so our plan was to put the project up on the board. I was going to actually go through with it. Uh, I was going to be part of the project um, in the next coming months, but then hopefully recruit some underclassmen to work with us and take the idea even further. Yeah, I think that's one of the really cool things about the competition is it gives you this incentive to crank out a good product relatively quickly. Anyone who's been in research or in entrepreneurship knows that things like this do take a long time. And so to do it in a span of only a few months, that's pretty awesome, right? And it, it gives you kind of the fire to go through with that. And then bringing on other students at your school, if you decide to pursue it further, you can pass the torch on, keep the project going, and maybe actually take it to development. So you have a really good opportunity to almost serve as like a mentor to your fellow students and to younger students, but also to keep the project going forward. One of the judges actually advised us to consider the possible sports applications of this type of device. Um, so it's it's quite amazing how, you know, yes, this idea, we tailored it specifically for the IR suite, but it has so many broad ranging applications. So if somebody were to win this competition and make a product out of it, they could really make some big bucks outside of IR too, if they wanted. <laughs> I wanted to ask you guys about your um, experience at the actual competition. Were you all nervous leading up to it? I certainly was. <laughs> and it's weird for me because I... I remember giving the virtual presentation a month prior and I was fine, but this was my first time attending any medical conference whatsoever. And I I'm used to performing in front of big crowds. I used to do musical theater, but this, for some reason, because this was so brand new, it just freaked me out a bit. But everybody was nice, don't worry. <laughs> I was definitely a little bit nervous, but I was pretty confident in our idea. We had practiced the presentation a number of times. We got to Phoenix and then we met up and then we, we, we literally went to a coffee shop and started like doing practice runs in the presentation. I think in the corner, there was this guy who looked like he was an interventional radiologist and he was just listening to our presentation. But we practiced a number of times and then once we got on stage, it was like, okay, we know what we're gonna talk about. We know the ins and outs of our idea. We we're pretty sure we know what questions people can possibly ask about it what things we might be able to clarify. And so after that, it was just, you know, just what gave it our best. Yeah, I think having people on your team who are good at answering out-of-pocket questions is always valuable. 
I happen to be one of those people who will take a question and I will answer it. Even if the answer is, I don't know, let me find that out for you. Um, I was very nervous going up the stage. My hands were shaking a little bit, but I kind of turn on the turbo boosters when I get in front of a crowd that big and I'm able to tune it out a little bit. Uh, but the, the Q&A was really interesting. It was really fun um, to see how people reacted to our ideas and what follow-ups they had. And we got a couple tougher follow-up questions that I was like, wow, all right, I'm going to have to to do a little bit more reading about what they asked me. But at the end of the day, everyone there was so supportive. I was so impressed at the number of students who were in attendance um, and who were excited for us. You know, it's a huge honor to be able to present at something like that. And it's, it's really cool when everyone is rooting for you. It's a competition, but you're rooting for each other. And we even like exchanged phone numbers with the other team afterwards. And we'll text them occasionally too. And, you know, tell them good luck with residency applications, things like that. We follow each other on Twitter and keep in touch. So there's a lot of camaraderie in the student section of the SIR. And, and that was pretty cool to say. So even if we're nervous in front of a crowd of a few hundred people, you're, you're in safe hands. That's awesome. I feel like one big thing about the competition is it's a really great way to join the IR community and make connections and network kind of like how you guys touched on. Um, could you elaborate more on some of the connections you made through this competition, both through the process of competing and at the conference? In the process of competing, we reached out to a lot of interventional radiologists. And so we had the opportunity to ask them good questions and validate our needs. Um, at the competition itself. It was my first time at SIR period, so I didn't know what I was walking into, but everyone was really nice and friendly. After the competition, you know, people just came up and was like, hey, I think your idea was really cool. Um, so I met a lot of other medical students at the competition. Um, the two judges were interventional radiologists, so we were just talking to them for like 20 minutes afterwards, discussing IR and our idea and stuff. So um, met a lot of really cool people. It was also really great for me to be able to listen to the residency panel. There was information provided by students, residents, and by residency directors. And I thought all of them were incredibly encouraging, gave phenomenal advice on things that I need to consider when I go into my IR rotation. Just being involved in the competition sounds like an incredible experience in terms of networking and having the opportunity to present, developing your design skills. Looking back on your entire experience, what do you feel like is the greatest thing you gained out of all of it? For me, I, you know, I graduated with a biomedical engineering degree, but the two years of medical school, because my program works differently from NMED, I was two years removed from what the design process is like. So being able to get back into the swing of things and feel like myself again in that respect was really valuable. Yeah, I think in any student coming from like any, you can be engineering background, art history background, it really doesn't matter what your undergrad degree was or what you did as a career before medical school. I think everyone can benefit from this idea of taking a prompt, figuring out what a good need is in that field and carrying it all the way to this like very pretty packaged report and in your pitch presentation. Learning how to synthesize material in that way is extremely valuable and it, it translates across whatever it is that you end up doing. Even if you decide you're not going to be an interventional radiologist, you're going to do something completely different. This idea of taking something from a very 
clearly defined problem statement that you and a team have created together all the way to this final product is very valuable, teaches you how to finish a research project, which can be hard sometimes. And also really taught me how to kind of build a community around something I'm passionate about. I think that was the most exciting thing for me as I got to know Rohan and Glory and Brendan just so, so much better. And now we are our own little kind of student interest group among us four, honestly, and we share advice all the time, whether it be medical school, radiology, life, all that kind of stuff. I like the idea of innovation and solving problems and stuff. And so having the opportunity to do something like that as early as medical school and then in a field that I was already passionate about, that's just something that I didn't want to pass up. And um, as far as biodesign goes, I think that just the critical thinking involved in innovating a solution or finding needs, that can be applicable to any field. It doesn't have to be like engineering, medicine, just finding ways to improve and optimize things is great. It's applicable to any field and no one will you know, fault you for trying to improve something that's already out there. Thank you so much, Rohan, Kaylin, and Glory, for being on the show today. Shout out to the competition. If you're listening to this podcast, consider competing this year. And it's been great chatting. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. If you haven't already, make sure to like and subscribe to our podcast. Also, give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at The Sound of IR. This episode is hosted by Parina Sharma and myself, Steve Lazar. Season directed by Sivash Goody. Our audio and production team is led by myself. Additional support by team members Deepak Iyer, Sonny Murthy, and Savraj Sagu. Thanks again for listening.